Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for January 30, 2020. Here's our new Sound Prince schedule on ACB Radio Mainstream. Thursdays, 10 p.m. and 1 a.m., Fridays, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., Sundays, 8 and 11 p.m., Mondays, 8 and 11 a.m., Wednesdays, 4 and 7 a.m. and 4 and 7 p.m. Sound Prince is also available through the iTunes Store, on the Victor Reader Stream as a podcast, and on the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. The North Central Association of Schools for the Blind, NCASB, held its wrestling and cheerleading tournament on January 24 and 25 at the Arkansas School for the Blind in Little Rock. KSB wrestlers and cheerleaders attended, making the bus trip along with students from the Ohio School for the Blind. Congratulations to the Kentucky teams. The cheerleaders took second place. Addison Evers won the Outstanding Cheerleader Competition and 7th grader Peyton Pesco came in second in the mascot competition. Our wrestler in the 85-pound weight class won first place. We also understand that 11 schools participated in the tournament, and we were especially glad to hear that Iowa attended the competition for the first time in many years. One of the presenters at the 2019 KCB Conference and Convention was Stephen Heil, a management consultant with the Kentucky Small Business Development Center with the University of Kentucky. His topic was starting your own full or part-time business. Since many blind and visually impaired individuals are interested in working from home, either in their own business or for someone else, we felt that many of you would be interested in the information presented in this session. Check it out on page 2. Summer will be here before you know it, and it's not too early to begin planning to attend the 2020 ACB Conference and Convention scheduled for July 3 through 10 in Schaumburg, Illinois, near Chicago. ACB always has a great lineup of tours, programs, workshops, exhibits, and other events during Convention Week. And Janet Dickelman, ACB Convention Coordinator, visits with us on page 3 to give us a sneak preview of the fabulous tours waiting for us in Schomburg. And on page 4 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. I don't know if I'm supposed to start on my own or not, but uh, I'm going to go ahead. All right? All right. Uh, my name is Steve Heil, and I'm a uh, management consultant with the University of Kentucky Small Business Development Centers. Uh, the uh, Small Business Development Centers are a network of centers throughout the state of Kentucky, funded by the Small Business Administration at the federal level and at the, by the University of Kentucky at the state level. And so what we do is we help people to start new small businesses. And in some cases where people already have an existing business, we help them to grow those businesses. And so that's my job is to be a business coach. Um, I've been at this about nine and a half years, something like that. Um, I'm a University of Kentucky graduate, spent time after my degree, after earning my degree uh, as an executive with the Boy Scouts of America for about seven years. So I have nonprofit experience and then I went into the manufacturing arena 
for the next 20 years and spent 15 of those years managing different plants uh, across this region of, of the United States. Um, so I've had uh, small plant experience, maybe as small as 50 people, but I've also managed businesses as large as 500 employees and $70 million in sales. And then in addition to that, during those time frames, my wife and I, wife and I also operated some small home-based businesses, daycare, Mary Kay, and some insurance sales. So quite a, a, a range of experience that I hope to be able to share some information with you today that will be helpful. Um, with that said, it's my intent to cover a lot in a short period of time, okay? Because what I really want you to do is get a feel for if you have a desire to become a small business owner, that I can give you enough information where you can begin to get a feel for is that the right direction for me or not, okay? So I really want to begin by talking about the characteristics that make a successful entrepreneur. And some of the themes I'm gonna to touch on here, you're gonna hear repeated a couple more times as I go throughout this presentation, okay? So what are the characteristics? And understand this isn't something that Steve Heil just sat up one night and dreamed of, or that the University of Kentucky Small Business Development Center's dreamed of. Uh, these uh, characteristics have been uh, shown uh, throughout, the, throughout the decades to truly be what makes for a successful entrepreneur. So consider yourself in terms of these characteristics. Do you possess an inner drive or passion to be independent? Okay? Independence is a real key there. Okay? Here's what I want you to think about. If you were going to start a business today, please raise your hand if you think you would be doing that with 100 or more employees. Raise your hand. Okay, no one in the room raised their hand. How about 50 or more? Okay, still no one raised their hands. How about 20 or more? How about 10 or more? Okay, one person raised their hand on 10 or more, maybe two, okay? So I'm gonna assume the rest of you are probably thinking that if you were to start a small business, it's probably gonna be who? You, that's right. And that's the way most small businesses begin, is one person or maybe a couple of people, okay? So if you're truly going to be successful as an entrepreneur, you need to have the passion to be independent because you will be the business and the business will be you. Second point, you have the ability to set and achieve goals. Now, I will tell you that, as I said a moment ago, we work with existing businesses as well, okay? Not just startups, but we work with existing businesses, including those businesses that are struggling. And I can tell you that almost invariably, when I sit down with a business owner who is really struggling, it is because they have no plan whatsoever. They're just throwing everything out there and hoping something will stick and work. And now they're sitting with me because the bank account has dried up and people are calling, uh, they owe on their bills and they can't get any money from the bank to help bail themselves out. And so now what am I going to do? And it's because they didn't have a plan they didn't have any goals. And so one of the key characteristics is that you have to be ready to set and achieve goals. Second, are you persistent yet flexible 
and adaptable. Okay? Now, folks, this will come as no surprise to you. The most difficult year for a new small business is the first year. That's right. Year number one. Absolutely. Care to guess which one is the second most difficult year? Year two. Absolutely. Yo, you're a sharp crew here. You got this figured out. I don't need to coach you. You coach me, okay? Uh, so you get the point. Persistent because I, t I can't tell you how many dozens of people I've watched through the years start a business and literally within a few months quit. And if they had just stuck it out, they had a very good business, a very viable idea, but they just weren't persistent. So you have to be persistent yet flexible and adaptable. What is the one constant in life? Change. change. Yeah. The one constant in life is change. And so, folks, if you start your own new small business, I'll guarantee you somewhere within those first few years, you're probably going to have to pivot. You're going to have to change. And if you are prepared to pivot, then your chances of succeeding will tend to be much better. On the other hand, this is all I know, and this is the way I'm going to do it, and if uh, I'm going to sink or swim this way, well, don't be surprised if you sink, okay? So you have to be prepared for change. You must have a willingness to work hard and give what it takes. Um, I've had several folks through my nine and a half years who have come and sat down with me, and when we talk about them starting their own business, um, a, couple of their, a couple of their reasons for doing it, well, I'm tired of working all these hours. So I want to I want to work for myself so I can work from 9 to 5. Yeah, you get that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. So, folks, needless to say, especially in those first couple of years, the most difficult, you may have to work 6 or 7 days a week, and it might be 10 or 12 hours a day. Now, not always. It depends upon what you choose, but I just want you to be prepared for what could be a reality out there. Um, so, uh, you have to uh, have the willingness to work hard and give what it takes. You must have confidence in your ability to succeed. And of course, that's just something that comes from inside. Uh, you're self-disciplined and possess leadership and organizational skills. So, uh, I, I really, really emphasize this point right here, uh, leadership and organizational skills. I go back to those folks that I've worked with that are existing businesses that are struggling and almost invariably with them, not only did they not have a plan, but they have very little organizational capability. And so that's something you must have if you want to have a successful business. You must uh, be confident in taking calculated risks and making decisions. So I'll emphasize that word calculated there. What's the difference between risk and calculated risk? Calculated risk, I have a plan. I am following my plan. I have thought out what can go right and I have thought out what can go wrong and I have, I have already taken steps to try and prevent those things that can go wrong. Folks, if you're going to start your own business, there will be risk. It comes with it. Now, in some cases it may be small risk and in other cases it may be very large risk, but there's going to be some risk. And the difference between it being calculated and just being something that can overrun you is by having a plan and being prepared for the things that can go wrong. 
Um, accept change as a driver of success. We've already talked about that, right? What's the one constant in life? Change. You've got to be a self-starter. Um, my, this may be a bad example, but my wife, uh, one day last week, went to a small business. I, I'm from Bardstown. Anybody been to Bardstown? All right, a couple of you, great. Uh, we have a really nice downtown shopping area. One of those you can just kind of walk from store to store and spend a day, and stop in a coffee shop or go drop in someplace for lunch. Um, and, and needless to say, just full of small businesses. She, she popped into her makeup supplier the other day in downtown Bardstown that was supposed to be open until 5.30 and she popped in there at 4.30 and they'd already closed. And so she walked away without her product and furthermore not happy, okay? So you've got to be a self-starter. I know there are going to be those days where it's going to be slow and you really want to kind of, let, let's, let's call it early today. Or there might be those days that you really don't want to blast out of bed at 8 o'clock and, and be uh, in your, your home office by 8.30. Uh, but you've got to be the self-starter because who is it that's going to make this business succeed? You. You, absolutely. All right. You have to have a sense of urgency about yourself, okay? Um, you have a problem today you can't kick that can down the road for a couple weeks or a couple months or six months or a year because literally in that amount of time it can eat your business alive. So you have to have a sense of urgency to respond to what is occurring within the business, both positive and negative, okay? So please understand, it's not just a matter of being urgent about what's going wrong, but my goodness, we planned for $6,000 in sales last month and we just hit $15,000. How in the world did we do that and how are we going to repeat it? Let's be urgent about figuring that out. Okay? So there must be a sense of urgency. Um, one of the things I, I like to share when I, when I do sessions like this from an urgency standpoint, let's say it's Friday night at 5 o'clock. You have a date with your significant other in 30 minutes. You're getting ready to lock the door on the shop and in walks the customer and they need their product or service right now. What are you going to do? Take care of them. Take care of them. That's right. So it's that sense of urgency. Right, right answer, folks. Right answer. And then the last item from an entrepreneurial characteristic standpoint is that you have a sense of realism. Okay? And please understand that's one of those areas that we really help folks with. Uh, I'll, I'll say a little bit about business plans and, and maybe some planning, um, but one of the things that we help uh, entrepreneurs do who want to start a new business is to uh, establish some realistic goals for their business uh, from a financial standpoint, from a, a labor standpoint, uh, all, all of the different aspects of business. Um, and so when you go into this, you have to go in with a sense of realism, and that's very important. Now, I am really, really hopeful that one of you sitting here in front of me calls me up a year from now and says, Steve, you were wrong, okay? I hope so. So here's what I'm going to say. From a realism standpoint, your likelihood of starting a business today that a year from now will have made a million dollars is not real great, okay? <laughs> You get my point. Yep. Uh, 
And so part of what I want you to do is to step into this with realistic views of what you're going to be able to accomplish. And we can help you to, uh, to establish those, those targets, okay? Questions about entrepreneurial characteristics. Okay, then let me go on to part two. When, while you are determining what kind of business, do some of you have business ideas in mind? Something, yeah, I've been thinking about this. Um, yeah, but uh, Chuck, what, what kind of business are you thinking about? Well, uh, just to let you know, I was a business enterprises mm -hmm. Already had the experience, but okay, good. In situations in my life, of course, things had to change, and uh, of course, the stress was a lot. Sure, but what I had thought about maybe uh, is to either find something that someone else doesn't have, mm -hmm. sure, try to sell it. Everything sure. I had in mind was vintage electronics. I know there's not a big industry in it, but you do have your secrets, uh huh, sure, sure. Well, and and so I going to get into some of that very kind of stuff, Chuck. So vintage electronics. Anybody else have a, a business idea that they've given some consideration to? Yes. Um, I sell bowls and ink pens. I've, I've been in business for about two years. Okay, bowls and ink pens. Wooden bowls, yes. Wooden bowls and ink pens. Okay, all right, good, good. So, so if you have that business idea in mind, I, I really want you to kind of think about these uh, key items when selecting a business. Now, uh, before I jump into that list, I, I meant to do this at the very beginning, uh, but we're in a room that appears to be you know, engineering related. There's lots of computers around. I see Lego blocks over here on the table. Maybe they do some robotics in here. But interesting enough, folks, there's a chart over here on the wall that says the engineering design process. And here are the key steps that it says in that chart. First thing is ask. Find out more about the problem. Chuck, find out more. It's something that, that, uh, that not a lot of people are doing right now. Okay, so absolutely, you're right there. Imagine, think big and consider the possibilities. Plan, think ahead about the steps and then create by following your plan and making a model. Improve, look at the model, make it better, and then communicate by getting feedback and talking to others. Folks, that poster could have starting your own business across the top of it and it would almost be perfect, okay? Because that's really kind of the, what the approach that you're taking is to uh, ask questions, what is it that I can go out there and and sell or what service can I provide uh, think big how large could I, I do that what scale plan I've already said several times you, you, you have to have a plan you have to have goals going into it create by following that plan that you develop for your business improve upon that business model as you go along and then seek feedback so that you can make improvements and solve problems. That poster, folks, could, I mean, perfect for starting your own business. 
So what type of business should you consider? Here are some characteristics to consider, okay? And these are from the Fundera website. Fundera is a, uh, a, a financing entity. They, they do online loans, okay? And so here are the key characteristics, two, four, six characteristics that they, uh, that they suggest. And the first one is, what experience do I have? And folks, that is a very important key. When I teach seminars, one of the things I tell folks, who'd care to guess what is one of the most difficult businesses to get funded today? So I'm talking about going to a bank and getting a loan, or going to a credit union, getting a loan, seeking investors, what is one of the most difficult businesses to get started today? Small business. Small business, a specific kind. Uh, not okay. And so I'm going to go one deeper than that. A restaurant. A restaurant is one of the most difficult businesses to get funded today. Who would care to guess why? There's so many of them, there's turnover, and because of those things, what happens? Most of them fail. Okay? So, if you really want to kill your, and folks, I work with lots of people who want to start restaurants. I'm working with somebody today, okay? Um, and, and, and so, if you really, really want to kill your chances of being able to get a restaurant started and getting it funded, just go sit down with a lending officer and tell that lending officer that you want to start a restaurant. And when that lending officer says, well, tell me about your restaurant experience, your answer is, well, I've never actually worked in one, but I've always wanted to, okay? I can almost guarantee you're going to go out of there with the zeros on that, on that loan check, okay? It's not going to happen. Everyone who is sitting here in front of me has some great experiences in life. Which of those experiences might you be able to turn into something that you can either sell a product or you can sell a service? So that's the beginning, okay? Now, experience is good, but the second point here is what are you passionate about? Uh, now, I'm sure everybody has heard the saying, you know, if you love what you do, uh, you never work a day in your life, okay? Um, and, and, and that is true. Um, but it's because there's a passion there. What problem can I solve? Okay? So what is that unique thing out there that isn't being serviced very well right now? Or what product is not being sold out there uh, that could make a big difference? What is my lifestyle preference? How much capital do I have access to? So it goes back to uh, uh, what part of what Chuck was saying there a moment ago. Because you can't borrow money without good credit, uh, but you have to be able to have money to start a business. And let me tell you, when I work with folks on a new small business, this is typically the point at which I start them. I want you to know up front that if you're borrowing money to start a new small business, most lenders are going to look for you to put in about 20% of the startup cost. So remember that number, 20%, okay? 
So if we did our work and you came up with it's going to cost $100,000 to start this business, then a lender that you go to is typically going to look for you to put in about 20% of that and they'll consider loaning you the other 80. So they'd loan you 20 and then they'd loan you about 80,000, okay? Now, back to Chuck's point, well, what if I have a bad credit score? Well, now they might require you to put in 25% or 30%, okay? Uh, and, and maybe instead of 6.5% interest, they charge you 7.5% interest. So, could, absolutely. Um, so anyway, and then the last point that they suggested to think about was what idea can I test easily, okay? So what can I go out there and kind of, you know, in, in businesses when you open the door, although you don't announce it, we call that a soft opening. Okay, so what kind of product or service could I introduce kind of softly and get a feel for how much demand there is for it out there? Okay, so what experience do I have? What am I passionate about? What problem can I solve? What is my lifestyle preference? How much capital do I have access to? And what ideas can I test easily? Okay. Am I looking for full-time employment or part-time? Do I want to work 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, 80 hours a week, or I only want to work 10? What kind of income do I need out of this? Do I need $50,000 a year, or do I need $25,000 a year, or do I need $5,000 a year? How much income? Because that will certainly impact the type of business that you do. What product or service will I sell? Okay, uh, we've heard bowls and pens, and we've heard antique electronics. Okay. Do home-based businesses come into play here? Absolutely. That's actually maybe my next point. It is. It's my next point. So the next point that Melanie just brought up: Where am I going to do this? Is this going to be a home-based business? Is it going to be a transient business? So what's a transient business? I go to them, okay? So a perfect example of a transient business would be a hauling service, you know, uh, where people drive uh, vehicles, trucks, trailers, whatever, and they go and they load up whatever has to be shipped, and then they haul it somewhere else. So is this going to be home-based? Is it going to be transient? Is it going to be storefront? So maybe you're thinking retail, uh, or a professional office environment where you really have to have a storefront? Um, or is it industrial, where I'm going to be making some type of product, and so I need a small shop where I can go and make that product? Is it going to be strictly online-based, or is it going to be something where you have to have a sales or a service location? Will you carry inventory or will you not? Because once you get into uh, businesses that have inventory, typically you get into at least a few thousand dollars in inventory. So again, now this starts to impact that startup cost and what we need 20% of. Will you need employees or not? So some of those fundamental questions that get back to lifestyle, full or part-time, what kind of income do you need out of it? Uh, what product or service will you sell? Will it be home-based, transient, storefront, or industrial? 
strictly online or location-based. Do you need inventory or don't need inventory? Will you need employees or not need employees? Those are some of the kinds of questions that you're going to want to consider. We have our state website, KSBDC, Kentucky Small Business Development Center, okay? KSBDC.org, and you can go there and, and you'll find some resources there, yeah. And the other website is the Small Business Administration, SBA, okay, .gov. You'll, you'll find some stuff there. Yep, absolutely. All right, thanks very much, folks. Appreciate it. Page three. On the phone with me is Janet Dickelman, ACB's convention coordinator, and we are going to be telling you about some of the great things that are coming up in Schaumburg, Illinois this summer, July 3 to 10, at the 59th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. Welcome, Janet. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always good to be on Soundprints. Janet, there is so much we could talk about, about this convention, even though it's just the end of January, that we really probably aren't going to have, have time to even begin to scratch the surface. But one of the things that people are always curious about, about this time of year, are the tours that we're going to be having. That's what they ask about first. So let's talk about them today and if you would like to throw in a couple of other things that's fine but I would think that would be a good place to start and then we obviously are going to have you back pretty often between now and the time the convention gets here so I'll just let you right. take it where you want it to be all right we will talk about tours and as Carla said the convention starts on Friday July 3rd with our first tour and the first tour that we'll be going to is the Museum of Science and Industry in downtown Chicago and anyone who's ever been in the area or has ever heard anything about the Science and Industry Museum, you've probably heard about the coal mine. And you actually do get to go on these little coal train cars down into a replica of a working coal mine. And it's really, if you're claustrophobic, you may not like it. If your guide dog is sensitive to loud noises, I had Chrissy with me when I was there last fall, and there's a lot of clanging going on. She did, she did fine, you know, as we're entering to the, into the coal mine. But it is, it is dark and it is a small place. But it's very interesting. To, you're actually way down below. And you get to feel like what it would be to be working in a coal mine and what the confined area is. And, of course, they give you a lot of information about it. Um, the other thing that the Science and Industry Museum is famous for is their submarine. We're not going to, which is a World War II submarine, we're not going to be able to go into the submarine. However, they're going to bring out a lot of replicas, a lot of artifacts from the submarine that we can touch, and they'll talk about it. There are all kinds of other fun exhibits at the Science and Industry Museum. There is a body exhibit where you're basically walking through a heart and get to see what all of the other organs look like and what they do. There is a sound exhibit where you can learn about sound waves. I mean, there's so many things at the Museum of Science and Industry. We're going to spend a whole day there, have lunch, go to their gift shop. Janet, at, at, when you yeah. get in there, when you go, people who go there, will there be specific places like, yeah. okay, right now we're doing the coal mine, and then we're going to do this yeah. over here. So it will be a planned It's a guided tour. tour. Okay. We have docents from the museum who will be with our groups. We're going to break into a few groups 
so that everybody can get and make sure that every group gets all the experiences. But we are going to break into smaller groups so that we can get through things more easily. Great. Okay. So, yes. Sounds good. And that's going to be fun. We'll have lunch. We'll leave at about 8 a.m. Friday morning just for logistical purposes for anybody planning that museum. Okay. And registration for the convention will open Thursday night, so you can come and get your get your tickets for um, any of the tours and get your badge, so that'll be good. Saturday, July 4th, we are going to be doing a few rounds of trips over to Woodfield Mall, which is a very large three-level mall, not too far, about just a couple of miles from the hotel, and um, you'll have an opportunity with volunteers to do some shopping or grab a bite to eat. The other thing we are doing on Saturday is going to an escape room. Have you ever heard of an Have you, yes. you know what that is, Carla? Yes, I do. Yes. And we're working to try to get, basically what it is, is you go into a room. Um, they have, this one I think is like a police station. And you're, you have all these clues as to how to get out of the escape room. And they're going to work with us and try to get some of the clues in Braille. They'll have people who are helping who can give verbal instructions on what these riddles are so you can solve a riddle, solve a puzzle, open a lock kind of thing. Um, There's some things to crawl into. I know at one point a couple people were crawling through the fireplace to get a clue and and that kind of thing. It's, It's a lot of fun, and the group was really interested in working with us and making it accessible for our group. So that's going to be Sounds like Quite fun. Yeah. Event. And we will be back for opening general session. Okay. On Sunday. You go escape in is, time. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you could still go to um, Woodfield earlier in the day and do the escape room. All right. So you could do both. Mm-hmm. Sunday we are going to the Museum of Broadcast. And that has exhibits that change. We do not know yet what the exhibit's going to be this summer, but when we were there last fall, they also have some standing exhibits. They have a lot of different history of Chicago broadcasts and national broadcasting. They had um, had everything from Bugs Bunny to... um, newscasts. I mean, it was it was very informative. And we're also trying to work in a lunch that day after the Broadcast Museum to Hard Rock Cafe in downtown oh. Chicago. So that Broadcast so that Museum be, is going to be in the morning? Later in the morning, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, late mm-hmm. lunch. And then you want to be back, and you would be back in time, because that evening we are going to a detective dinner theater. Okay. They are willing to get all the clues brailed up and put in large print so that you have the clues to follow along with, and it'll be dinner and um, a uh, whodunit play with audience participation. So that's something we haven't done in my time, and I don't think if we have ever done anything like that, it's been a long time, so that's going to be... Yeah, I think we tried one. Um, We did one, I believe it was in Orlando in 2009, but of course... um, I'm not sure that we had we had some of the clues done, but I'm not sure we had them all. So, yeah, yeah this really sounds like fun. Monday and again on Wednesday morning, we are hoping, and I say hoping, um, in, with lots of exclamation points, to do hot air ballooning again. 
Count me or in. Try to do hot air ballooning. Yes. We tried in uh, May. It rained on us. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. because of the weather. And just so you know, hot air ballooning is very subject to weather, especially to winds. Mm-hmm. So we will have the tour for people to sign up. We are we are still working on that one. The hot air balloon facility that is close to the hotel does not is trying to get other balloonists to come with their balloons so that we have enough for our tour group and uh, we're still working on that. So hopefully weather permitting and enough balloons we're going to have two legs of that one Monday morning and one Wednesday morning. And the best time to do ballooning is sunrise, so it's going to be an early morning. I think we'll be leaving the hotel around 4.30 or 5 a.m. So okay. Later on in the day on Monday, we are doing a candy tour. We're going to a place called Long Grove Confectioners, and they make a lot of candy for different Entities. I know they make candy that is sold on QVC under different names. Um, they make a lot of different things. They were working on something when we were there for um, another entity that they couldn't mention, so I don't know who, where it was going, but they make all kinds of wonderful turtles and chocolate-covered pretzels and, I mean, just all kinds of um, chocolate I had a, it was fall when we were there. They had some pumpkin, chocolate pumpkin treats at that point, um, chocolate covered fruit. I mean, it was very, very good. We walked through, it's all behind glass, of course, but they were describing to us the, the production line is going on. And all we could think of was Lucy and Ethel when they were in the candy store, <laughs> in the, on the candy production line years ago, yes. in the old Lucy show, and Ethel, or Lucy got behind, and we were kind of watching to see if that happened, but it didn't, because they were all very professional. <laughs> okay. But that was fun. Mm-hmm. We are also doing a tour that we're calling Pizza and Gangster, because, of course, Chicago is known for Al Capone. And known for pizza, so we will go into Chicago, and we will, as we're going, we will get all kinds of information about Al Capone and that era of the city, and then we will stop at three different pizzerias for a sampling of pizza. And we're going to do that on Monday and also again on Tuesday. Monday night, RSVA will be doing their um, ever-popular casino tour. We're all are welcome. They're going to a casino for the evening. I think we'll leave around 6.30 and be back about midnight. Uh, Tuesday, we have another leg, of, as I said, of the pizza tour, and we are also going to Hull House. You're all familiar with Jane Addams and all the work that she did with immigrants and people in the neighborhood for Hull House has been in existence for over a hundred years and still has some training and things going on. It's a historic home. Um, and they're going to talk to us about all the work that was done at Hull House. And then we are going to do a stop for lunch. And then we're going to go to the disabled African American history museum. And this is a tour put on by ACB, but this is, and Multicultural Concerns that is, uh, was instrumental in helping set this tour up for us. On Wednesday, 
we are doing what we call sports day. Of course, when, you know, the best laid plans, we are still in the processing of this tour. We wanted to go to Soldier Field, Wrigley Field, and to a White Sox game. Unfortunately, we can't do Soldier's Field. We are still waiting to hear back from Wrigley. We're hoping that they don't have another event. Of course, if they get these large events that would preclude us from doing a tour, there's nothing we can do about that, unfortunately, because if they get a concert booked or something that, you know, obviously they're going to do that rather than our tour. Absolutely. But we're still hopeful we'll know by early February about Wrigley Field. But we do know we are going to guaranteed rate, I still call it Kaminsky Park, for a White Sox-Cubs game Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be, I know that's going to be very popular. Mm-hmm. Anybody oh, yeah. growing up listened to the Cubs on WGN and, and or were White Sox fans, so I think this is going to be, even though it's an inner league game, I think it's going to be very popular. Oh, I do too, because um, American League and National League fans will, fans will be happy about it. Absolutely. They'll both have a team in the fight, so yep. that'll be a good thing. Yep. Yes. Yep. And, oh, we are also going to Horizons for the Blind. And I w- when we all know that Horizons does great work, they do a lot of Braille production. They have that um, website directions for me, which is great. You can get any kind of directions for any baked good or canned good or frozen item. They're always updating it. But they have a huge store at Horizons with any kind of product that you could possibly want. I mean, I found all kinds of gadgets and fun things there. Everything's labeled in Braille. You can just browse. We're going to have a lunch in there. Um, and they were very, very excited to have us. So that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. When is the Horizons tour? The Horizons is Wednesday. There may have been some confusion that it was initially thought that it was going to be Tuesday, but it is on Wednesday. Okay. Friday, we're doing two tours that I think we're going to have a lot of people who want to stay at the end of the convention. Okay. Friday, we are going to a place called the Jasper San Filippo Foundation, which isn't going to mean anything to anyone. However, what it is is a huge estate, not too far from Schaumburg, that has collections of music boxes, any kind of music box, real music, the real old type real music box, the ones with the discs. There's probably two to three hundred music boxes there. There are also several pipe organs and theater organs. There is a full-size carousel that you can ride. There are four or five full-size train cars that you can go on, the old Pullman-type train cars. With oh, the, I think goodness. they have a dining car and a sleeping car. You can go through all these tours. They have Victrolas. They have um, Nickelodeons. It, it's unbelievable. We sat, they have a theater that we went into, and this theater seats about, I think, 300 people. We were up in the balcony. And they were playing the music from Phantom of the Opera on a pipe organ. And, I mean, it was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, anyone who has likes music, likes trains, likes carousel, I mean, this is a tour for you. And they're generously opening up their estate so that we can go visit. 
that evening we are doing dinner cruise on Lake Michigan. So we will go down to Navy Pier and board the Odyssey cruise for a plated dinner cruise, and uh, that's how we will end up con- end convention week. So I hope you agree we have some wonderful tours. Oh, it sounds marvelous. Uh, my problem will be um, deciding if I want to do tours or do what I really ought to be doing at the convention. <laughs> I think that's going to be a lot of people's problems. And on Friday, you can do the uh, San Filippo Foundation, and you can also do the boat cruise. And that that boat, that's a yacht, isn't it? Yes. Is that a yacht? it is. Wow. Okay. And it holds a lot of, you know, last year we were limited because of the size of the boat. This year, that's not going to be an issue. Oh. Sounds impressive. Well, that, that... Uh, I, I think he, that the listeners will be hard pressed not to find something that would be of interest to them to do. I, as you went through, I found four or five things I'd like to be doing, and as I said, I'm, that it could interfere with the other things I want to do at the, <laughs> that I need to do at the convention. So let me just—I know my time is probably yeah, running out. Yes. So let me just give you a couple quick things. If you have not been receiving the convention emails. If you did not receive them in 2019, you can subscribe to my convention preview email list where I'll be sending out information about the convention, and that is by sending a blank email to acbconvention-subscribe at acblists.org. Also, for hotel reservations, we are at the... uh, Renaissance Schaumburg Convention Center Hotel is the official name of the hotel. And to make a reservation, you can call the hotel at 847-303-4100. Again, it's 847-303-4100. You will go into a central reservations and make sure you tell them you're with the American Council of the Blind. And let me add that if you are a member of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and you plan to attend the convention with KCB, instead of making that reservation with the hotel, be sure and contact us at our office number at 502-895-4598. And that is only true for KCB members who attend who plan to attend the convention. Well, Janet, I think this is going to be a fantastic convention. This is going to be, I think, one of the best. I'm not sure how we're going to be able to top all of those good things that are going on, (laughs) but the next time you're with us, uh, we'll be talking about a lot of the sessions that are happening, and those are are an amazing array of things. The plans that are going on right now, a lot of those are in the planning phases, but... Uh, if only half of those come to fruition, it will be an incredible lineup of workshops and programs and speakers. Um, the exhibit area will be fantastic. There's just so yeah, much that's going to be happening. The exhibit hall is open from Saturday at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. through Wednesday at 1 p.m. Start planning. Get those hotel reservations made. Get those plans done. 
And remember that pre-registration is going to open. May 21 for ACB members, mm -hmm. May 28th for non-members, and it will run till, through June 21st. And if you are not, if you have not renewed your membership and your affiliate uh, at this time, get that done so that you can take advantage of this of early registration. Registra yes. Member registration. Yes. yes. Well, Janet, thank you so much. It's been exciting. Can't wait for it to happen. Good. See you all in Schaumburg. Page four, the Sound Prince calendar. Please note that telephone numbers for committee meetings can be obtained by calling the KCB office at 502-895-4598 or by visiting the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org and following the Events tab at the top of the page. On February 2, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Advocacy Committee will meet at 7 p.m., and the Education, Activities, and Technology Committee at 8 p.m. On February 2, ACB Families will hold its next peer support group meeting. Participate from anywhere in the country at 9 p.m. Eastern Time by calling 712-432-3900 and entering code 796096. On February 3, the Savvy Program Committee will meet at 7 p.m. Central Time. February 4, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold a business meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern. The phone number is 669-900-6833 and the access code is 3572-595-193. February 5 is a Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision conference call support group at 8 p.m. Eastern. Individuals statewide experiencing low vision are encouraged to ask questions, share tips, and offer comments. Call 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. February 6, the KCB Scholarship and Technology Committee will meet at 8 p.m. On February 6, the American Council of Blind Lions will hold its monthly conference call meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This meeting is open to Lions throughout the country and is an excellent opportunity to share ideas on how to be more involved in local activities. Call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796096. On February 7, Savvy, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, will have a workshop from 10 a.m. to noon Central Time at the Wesleyan Heights United Methodist Church, 1215 Sherm Road in Owensboro. For more information, call 270-684-4418 or 270-686-8689. On February 7, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have a roundabout, individual activities from 3.30 to 5.00, Discussion time 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, bunco, cards, and other games from 7 to 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On February 8, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its board meeting at 11 a.m. by phone. The number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. February 9, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation will have its chapter meeting at 8 p.m. by phone. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. 
February 10, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a community outing. From 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., come out and enjoy a cup of coffee, hot chocolate, soft drink, and sandwich or donut with us at McLeod's Coffee House. This special coffee shop employs people with special needs and is the brainchild of Brewster McLeod, a retired pastor from Southland Christian Church. McLeod's Coffee Shop is at 376 Southland Drive in Lexington. For more information and to sign up, call 859-259-1834. February 11, Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, Savvy, will have its monthly meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. This is an opportunity to learn about the Davies County Library, presented by Lita Begg, Librarian. We will also share information, collect dues, and have a membership committee meeting at the Wesleyan Heights United Methodist Church, 1215 Sherm Road in Owensboro. Call 270-684-4418 or 270-686-8689 for more information. On February 11, the Savvy Board Meeting will be held at 7 p.m. Central Time by conference call. February 12, Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have a monthly conference call meeting for everyone at 7 p.m. The number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155619. On February 12, the KCBPR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. by conference call. On February 13, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have an in-person support group meeting in Louisville from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. For more information, call 502-895-4598. February 14 is a GLCB roundabout, education and technology from 3.30 to 5. <clears throat> Discussion time from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, bingo $2 per person from 7 to 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598. February 16, ACB Families will have its next business meeting. This is a nationwide call for anyone interested in families at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. On February 17, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its February board meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. On February 19, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have a support group by conference call. This meeting will be at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and the phone number is 669-900-6833. The code is 3572-595-193. On February 20, the KCB Scholarship and Technology Committee will meet at 8 p.m. by phone. February 21, GLCB will have a roundabout. Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5, Discussion Time, 5 to 6, Dinner, 6 to 7, and a Gospel Sing from 7 until 9.30. The activity is at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. February 22 to 25. 
2020 ACB leadership meetings. The ACB board meeting is on February 22, the president's meeting, February 23, legislative seminar, February 24, and the visit to Capitol Hill on February 25. The hotel is at the Holiday Inn Suites Old Town in Alexandria, Virginia. For more information, call 502-895-4598 or contact ACB at 202-467-5081. On February 22, there will be a Mixed Media Mosaics workshop from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind. The guest artist is Patrice Ising. She returns to us to explore how the elements of art appeal to our sense of touch, as well as our sense of sight. Mosaics are an ancient form, generally made from chips of colored stone or glass that reveal a picture or pattern. Our mosaics will combine textures and layers, shapes and forms to create beautiful one-of-a-kind tactile art pieces. Free, but limited space, best for adults and children six and up. Registration is required. Call 502-899-2213 to sign up. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.